Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. They almost always talk about feeling underappreciated or unappreciated. How you can take somebody from demotivated to motivated and what are the practical steps you can take. And it's actually what's going to give you the best possible way of helping you lead that person and ultimately growing your agency. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. In today's episode of the Ignite podcast, I'm flying solo because Phil is out at evaluation and hopefully an instruction. So today I wanted to talk to you about leadership and what leadership means and how you can use and hone your leadership qualities to lead a team better and to build a better business with a better foundation. And the reason it's on my mind is because every Tuesday we have a team meeting where we all come together. There's about 16 of us now, so it's actually getting quite a big meeting and it's uh, quite rowdy and enjoyable and we have lots of lovely breakfast. And then straight after that, we actually do some leadership training with our leadership team. So we have four in our leadership team, which are our ops manager, Louise, Liam, who is the leader of the AJ Mastermind. And then we have Hannah and Edward who jointly lead Ashdown Jones and they are team executive and client executive. What we were talking about this morning was motivation because a lot of the challenges that are presented to you by your team in your agency are dressed up in some way as motivation. So somebody might be a bit demotivated, a bit lackluster, might lack a bit of energy, they might not be as hungry as you want them to be for a deal, or they might not have a sense of urgency. And they are often motivation challenges that you're facing. You might just not recognize them as such. And what we're talking about is what it looks like and feels like when one of your team members is demotivated. So we started off by talking about how they might feel unappreciated. And when we do um, interviews here at the Ashdown Jones Group, we ask people to talk about their previous roles and how they felt in their previous role and actually what's causing them to move on from their previous or sometimes current role. They almost always talk about feeling underappreciated or unappreciated or undervalued in some way. So it might be that they felt they were working really, really hard and nobody was noticing or they weren't getting validation or credit for what they were doing. It could be that they'd gone over and above uh, what they're being asked to do and nobody noticed. And actually, Edward mentioned in our meeting this morning how he'd done this really great training and Phil and I hadn't noticed. And he wasn't complaining about it and we should have given him validation and, and credit at the time, but it probably made him feel a bit deflated after what he'd done, which was an amazing job and some really, really lovely training. And lots of people gave me feedback about it, so I should have passed that on to Edward. And being underappreciated, as you know, in any relationship, it does make you feel undervalued and it makes you feel that you are working for, I don't know, question mark, what kind of outcome. And some people need to be validated and appreciated more than others. I think about my, my children when I say this, out of the three children that I have, some of them need more kind of, of my time and my appreciation and validation than others do. 
I know Molly, for example, feels she's quite sort of independent emotionally, whereas the other two are probably less so, and they like to have validation and people telling them they've done, done a good job. I'm, I feel much more intrinsically motivated. So for example, if I was going to run a marathon, I'd rather do that solo and with nobody on a finish line for me. There are some people who'd be very under-motivated and demotivated by that and would much prefer to do a marathon when there's, you know, thousands of people on the finish line all clapping them across. So it's important to understand whether your team members are extrinsically motivated, so motivated by things outside of them, or intrinsically motivated where actually it comes from within and their personal validation comes from inside of them. Now, what else might that look like to be demotivated and what, what could be causing it? Well, a lack of wins is something that, that came up in the meeting this morning. So if somebody feels like they're struggling against the tide, maybe they've got a few sail progressions that they're trying to get through and they're just they're losing them or they're dropping the ball or the clients aren't happy or the solicitors aren't answering the phone and they just feel frustrated. So they go home at night and they don't feel like they've achieved anything. In fact, they might even feel net negative of the day. So that actually, even if they hadn't come into work all day, then they would have actually been better off than if they'd come in and, and all those things had happened. So lack of wins is something that can really demotivate us, all of us, not just our team members too. Lack of clarity of role is something that came up in the meeting as well, where maybe somebody's not sure exactly what they are supposed to be doing, or maybe they're doing things in their job that they weren't supposed to be doing when they applied to you, or they don't feel is their job, or they don't have ownership of, or they don't feel like uh, they're accountable for that job, or maybe actually they just don't feel like they're very good at it. And so they're doing a job because they want to show willing and do what they need to do for the team, but actually they just don't feel like they're doing it very well. And something we've talked about in previous podcast episodes is the zones, zone of genius, zone of excellence, zone of competence, zone of incompetence. And this comes from a book by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap, which is definitely worth listening to or reading. And he talks about how if you're not working in your zone of genius, really you're not working at the level that is the thing that you're really, really good at doing and that you probably really enjoy. Very few people have a skill in their zone of genius they don't enjoy, but plenty of people who are working in their zone of incompetence are doing things that they don't enjoy and they're not very good at. So have a look at what your team are doing and whether they're actually working in their zones of competence or the zone of excellence or the zone of genius or dreadfully in the zone of incompetence. And actually, they're just not doing a very good job. Lack of knowledge or skill kind of plays into that, really. So it could be that somebody's in their zone of competence, but just a little bit of training and advice and mentoring from you could move them up into the zone of excellence. And it may not. Maybe they are going to be stuck in their zone of competence. I don't think Phil and I are particularly good at doing things like viewings. That's definitely in our zone of competence or actually our zone of incompetence because we don't have the patience for it. We don't have the understanding of what it takes just to stand in that house for sometimes hours on end and show somebody the bathroom for the 37th time. It's not in our skill set. But if we are putting together a new direct mailer or we are organising a world-class event or we're giving our mastermind members the best coaching they've ever had on a particular topic, that's our zone of genius and that's where we should be spending our time. When you first start off, of course, you're doing everything and so you're going to be in all your zones all the time. And even more important then is for you to recognize that when that happens to somebody else because the point of you letting go of some of those things that are in your lower zones 
uh, so they are in somebody else's upper zones. So we've talked about them feeling unappreciated or underappreciated, undervalued, lack of wins, a lack of clarity of role, lack of knowledge or skill. And another one really is lack of feedback. And this could be positive or negative because if somebody doesn't know what kind of job they're doing, they feel a little bit of confusion. They don't have clarity in their purpose. They don't see how their job fits into the bigger picture. So actually giving somebody feedback means that they don't feel like you're holding anything back. And even when that feedback is a bit difficult to hear. So it might be that we have a conversation with somebody about the way they talk on the phone and we ask them to change the way that they're talking on the phone and maybe talk in a more clear way or in a way that adheres to our core values better. Now, if we don't tell them that, we are not helping them to help themselves and therefore it could turn into a bigger problem. We could have complaints about them. If we keep shielding them from the truth, we're not building up trust between us and it's got to be a mutual trust. It's got to be a trust that where they trust in you to tell them the truth and you trust in them that they will tell you the truth. And that mutual trust is what builds businesses. You can't build a successful business without that mutual trust, I don't believe. And therefore, it's very important to open up those channels of communication to give feedback in the moment as well when it's most needed. If you don't do it, what you're doing is you're holding that person back from progressing in their role. You're holding them back from developing as a person. The, the times I can think where I've course corrected in my life are probably as a result of a conversation with somebody that might have been a very difficult conversation, but I've taken it on board and I've course corrected. I've done something different. It could be the opposite. It could be that somebody said, well, you can't do that. And I've gone, actually, I'll show you I can. And I've actually course corrected away from what they said. But feedback is really, well, it's, it's vital to us as human beings. It, it's what makes us and helps us grow. My name is Lisa Curran and I run Curran's Unique Homes in Chester. My favourite part of being a Firewave member is definitely the mastermind days. The chance of getting in a room with people with similar challenges, I get an enormous amount from. I really love the structure of Firewave. It keeps me on track. I find it very, very easy to implement and I love the results that it brings to my business. Well, it's, it's vital to us as human beings. It, it's what makes us and helps us grow. Then I think all this comes from a fear of failure. I think all negative emotions come at some level from fear. And the fear is just being presented in a different way. So it could be pre being presented as anger. It could be frustration. It could be blame. It could be upset. It could be all kinds of manner of emotions that are presenting themselves in a negative way, they're probably coming from a fear of failure. And that's really underlying what somebody who's demotivated is feeling. It's a fear of not getting the outcome that they want, fear of letting somebody down, fear of looking stupid, fear of being embarrassed, fear of not succeeding, fear of not being where they want to be in their life and in their career and their role. If you can try and zap the fear, which we're going to talk about exactly how to do that, what you're going to end up with is a much more motivated person, a much more motivated member of the team and somebody who's more of a team player because confident, happy people make really, really good team members. So what we're actually saying is to be motivated, people need wins. People need recognition and validation and credit. They need to be able to complete tasks to the end. They need to be empowered to be able to get to the end of a project and sign it off and go, yeah, that's me accountable for it. 
The need to have a hope for success rather than a fear of failure. The need to know they can fail without it being a disaster for you or or for them or for the company. So they need to know they need to be given permission to fail. Just like when you're teaching a child to ride a bike, you need to know when to let go and you need to accept the fact that they're probably going to fall off at some point. If they don't fall off the bike, they're probably not going to be trying hard enough and they're not going to be learning. So how do you do this? And this is something, as I say, we talked about in the team meeting this morning with the leadership team to talk about how you can take somebody from motivated, from demotivated to motivated and what are the practical steps you can take? Because ultimately, the best advice that I can give you is to spend time with that person. It doesn't really matter how you dress it up but the more time, the quicker you're going to get to a successful outcome. Just like a child, a naughty child, you've got a five-year-old that's misbehaving, it's more likely that you're going to get a better result from that child by giving them more time than less time. More time to help them course correct, to help them recognize that their behavior isn't acceptable, more time to reassure them that you're doing this out of love and that you accept them and more time for them to understand exactly what's expected of them. And actually, it's quite often, not always, and I'm definitely not world's best mother by any means, but it's quite often the lack of time that causes a child to play up, not too much time. The lack of time that causes them to feel a little bit uncertain, a little bit out of their comfort zone, and they're going to be seeking attention in a bad way, which is to play up tantrums, etc. So by giving your team members time, what you're doing is you're saying you value them. You're saying that they're validated and they're valuable. You're saying that they are appreciated and they're accepted for who they are and you're empowering them. So what does that look like? Well, in the moment, it looks like praise. If you need to be able to go out for a walk with them, which is something Liam is really good with doing with uh, his team, he'll take them out for a little walk. And it's a much less confrontational way of bring up a potentially difficult topic and it's ultimately private and away from the office. But to put a pair of trainers on and go for a walk in our lovely countryside is a really great way of of tackling a problem or even just having a review or a catch up with somebody. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. I'm sure that uh, he puts the fear of God into our team by saying, do you want to come for a walk? They probably think they're going to come back with a P45. <laughs> That's a joke. Honestly, going for a walk is the best thing you can do. We We go for a walk as a team quite often as well. And then there's actual trying to find wins with them and for them. So maybe tasks that they can complete. Maybe if you've given them a big project and it's too big, break it up into smaller tasks and ask them to come and feed back to you at the end of each one. So it's something they can tick off or cross out or something they can go, yep, done that. Let's move on to the next thing. So giving them those quick wins, giving them time in reviews. So if a team member is going through a difficult time, Weekly reviews is where I'd go with it and possibly even daily catch-ups. So a five-minute daily catch-up is worth a three-hour monthly review because you're catching it in, in the moment, you're catching it in the time that it means the most to them. So a five-minute daily catch-up is a great idea. Even bookend meeting where you do a five-minute at the beginning and a five-minute at the end of the day. If you can't get them in person, then uh, jump on the phone with them or FaceTime. Some way of just checking in with them, even a text after six o'clock at night just going, sorry, I missed you today. How was your day? Because that's what makes them feel valued and important. And it's actually is what's going to give you the best possible way of helping you lead that person and ultimately growing your agency. So as well as the daily potential catch-ups or bookend meetings and the weekly reviews, if necessary, there's also the monthly reviews, which hopefully you're having on a regular basis. We've literally just had one 
with one of our team members this morning, Liam and I led it, and we call it our stop, start, continue. So what do you want to stop doing? What do you want to start doing? What do you want to continue doing? And it comes from them and it comes from Liam and I. And so Liam had different things from me written down his list and the person who was we were reviewing had different things as well. So all three of us come together and we collaborate on what's the best outcome for you and how do we make your role more successful, more enjoyable, more productive. And it's really a collaboration. It's not about us just reviewing them. It's definitely three-way. Something that we found that works really well is being away from the desk. So if they're getting into a bit of a, a funk and they're doing lots of tasks that aren't coming to a successful conclusion, get them off their desk, get them to a different desk, get them to go and work in a coffee shop down the road, just get them doing something where they're not staring at their failure week in, week out. So having a different environment can really, really help somebody just to get a new spin on it. And you find that I do anyway, I'm sure you do too. If you're going away or you're, you're traveling or you're on holiday, you come back with loads of great ideas because you've just changed your environment. And training, training and mentoring, coaching, whatever it is that they need to learn, they need to learn it from you. They're not going to magic this training by themselves. So whether it's external training, we've just sent one of our team members on a three-day training down in Birmingham, whether it's internal training. This morning we did training on how to answer the phone and developed a task sheet from it or whether it's uh, self-learning, so self-guided learning, where they have to go and find the training themselves, come to you for approval if necessary, or payment, and then they just go through the guided modules themselves. So we've done that before with our uh, software that we use in the office. So whatever form of training is, it's really important that they get the training that they need when they need it, because the last thing you want them to do is to leave because they weren't trained in their job, and therefore they had a fear of failure, and they had this feeling that, they were undervalued, unappreciated, and they didn't know what they were doing. All those things exacerbate to make somebody demotivated. So this is what leadership is, guys. And you might not want to think of yourself as a leader, but you do need to lead your team. It's your responsibility. It's your name on the paycheck. It's you and your responsibility alone that's going to make this business a success or failure. And you cannot do it on your own. I was watching over the weekend, I've spent spent the weekend in Scotland and I took a few minutes out from writing my book, which is all about how to build a dream team. And I watched the Sub 2 documentary. I think it's called 159 with Elliot Kipchoge. So he is the fastest runner in the world. He got 159 and 40 seconds, I think, on a marathon that he did in Vienna, Austria. It took about a year of planning for this event to go ahead. It was sponsored by Team Ineos, I think it is, which used to be Team Sky. So it was the 12th of October, 2019. It was a really misty day. They'd cordoned off a big part of the park in Vienna to be able to do this. And he was going to make history with this amazing event. There was over 120,000 spectators there. It was being filmed from every single angle. But the point isn't that Kichogi was there to make history, the point is that he had a team around him. Now, not only were there 41 pacemakers, 41 of them, there were also performance coaches, uh, nutritionists. There were even aero engineers, people who were there to work out exactly what formation his pacers should run in to make sure that he was protected from the headwind. So there's a whole team talking about aerodynamics and they were putting people into special scientific chambers to be able to look at the wind direction. 
and make sure that he got the, the most amount of protection from the wind. There were also meteorologists who were there to decide exactly the right day and the perfect weather conditions, sports scientists, physiotherapists, sports psychologists to make sure his mindset was right. And then there was the teams for the more practical aspects of the event. So the travel organizers, the timing team, the vehicle team, the security team. There was a laser pointing on the floor so that the pacers knew exactly what pace to run at for the entire marathon so that at no point were they a second ahead or a second behind to make sure he had the best possible chance of winning this, you know, this amazing event and make sure he made history. So he said afterwards, this is Elliot, personally, I had the system and the system is the right teammates the right coaches, the right managements, the right sponsors, all sorts of support to help around me was really creative. And that's actually what uplifted my real training. So the point he was making was he's been training for his entire life. He's been running since he was four years old when he used to run to school 10 miles and back every day. But without the team, he couldn't have done it. He could not have made history without a team of probably two, three, four hundred people helping him on his way. And this is the same as your agency. It may not feel like you're trying to make world history, but for you, you're trying to do something that is life-changing or potentially life-changing. And you're potentially also responsible for changing the lives of the people who work for you and with you. On our mission statement in our boardroom, it says to transform people's dreams into reality. And that's what you've got the ability to do give them the job that they were born to do and to help them do it and to help them reach whatever success means to them. That's your responsibility as leader. So you've got to do a good job. So go and lead, step up and lead your team and lead your agency. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well, where you'll find full information on all of our amazing mastermind programs.